0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Making her way to the mic, they start dimming the lights, you start feeling alright from Birmingham, home with the Teddy Longs, and the room and More once you discover Before all of the lovers, Whitney Houston and Roman Reigns, all of the lovers, and Mickey James and marvin Gay, all of the lovers, and Sasha Banks, Janelle Monet, Silk, Sonic, and Paige. Allow me to say, Look,
2: I just found a place, sweet escape every one of us, I was kinda late I just made it off the struggle
1: bus Walking by the faith, cause I know It's right in front of us Yo, I ain't with the hate, gotta focus on what's great Ladies and gentlemen, Steph Hardy is on the air Had to drop a couple bars just to make you all aware So, sit back, relax, enjoy the show You know I go by Joe or the Wrestle Another new episode of The Hardy Wrestling Podcast, live vibe with your girl Stephanie Hardy, host and creator of this fabulous platform, and of course, host and writer for Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet, and color commentator featured on the Belladonna Division, Battle Club Pro, Black Girl Magic 2022, and soon to be Spartan Wrestling. And I am sitting here with one of my good sis's in the wrestling community she is a very spicy individual on social media i will say that Um, she gets it cracking with a lot of her opinions that can rattle some and shake some tables you know but either way that's her thing and she's good at it then she's also a host of talk of champions with stan michael who is a budding wrestler in his own right as well as a promoter this is hearts how are you Hi, Stephanie Hardy.
2: Look at you! Like I was, I was happy with your intro, I and mean, then you sit there and talked me up. Hi, it is a pleasure to be here. I think, um, I'm trying to think. I think it was 2020 when mm-hmm. we first ended up on a podcast. I can't remember the name, and I'm kicking myself.
1: Me neither. But- Crazy.
2: It was so long ago.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was. That was forever ago.
2: It was like the beginning of like both of us doing things within this stuff. So it was so long ago. Mm -hmm. But I remember just that vibe we brought. And I was like, I love her. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm happy to be here with you. And I'm happy that you're doing all the amazing things you're doing.
1: Thank you so much. And it's so funny you said that you had just started then because I thought, you know, you had been in it for a while even then because I had seen you before. So I was just like, okay, well, I thought, you know, you had been in it for like a while. But if we just started at the same time, that's crazy to think about. I started um
2: April. Well, actually, I started doing wrestling shows January 2020, mm-hmm. right before the pandemic. And then Talk of Champions started that April.
1: Oh okay, okay yeah. Well, I started in February of 2020, so yeah, that was I started a month after you, and then your <laughs> show started after mine. So yeah, that's around the same time. Look at us! <laughs> look at us together look, look now. How far we came. Yeah, look at us. It's crazy. And look at look at what
2: just doing a show about wrestling brought us.
1: Yeah it's insane like it's really insane the journey has been you know a winding one but it's been a blessed one and i'm so happy to finally have you on like i'm really I, i'm be- so happy to be here Yes, and of course, for those who are watching on Twitter and on Facebook and on YouTube Live, thank you all for watching. And chime in in the comments, you know, and then maybe some of the comments will show up at the bottom of the screen. I have no issue with that since we are live, and I just want to share <laughs> that information. But of course, before we get started, sadly, today, we lost a member, of beloved member of our wrestling community in the Iron Sheik. Of course, he was an icon in the wrestling business who fought the likes of just so many classic wrestlers like hulk Hogan like um just paul orndorff and so many different others and he passed away today and we got the news this afternoon so i do want to send my condolences to his wife children and grandchildren who and also any person in the wrestling community who loved him as a friend on a friendly level and of course anyone who loved him and looked up to him on a mentorship level as well. We send them love and peace and we also send his soul love and light in whatever journey that he is going to go up, go upon next. So I did want to just start off by mentioning him and talking about him a little bit and just giving him his flowers and his respect um, for who he is and the level of representation that he did bring, you know, back then and for the, all the doors that he's opened for so many people even now. So I want to give him his flowers and show love to his spirit and hope that he is on the other side having a good time in the wrestling ring in the sky. So yeah. Do you have any specific memories that you love about the Iron Sheik before we get started? So I
2: came in when I started watching wrestling. I started watching A New Generation. So that's Mm -hmm. when he was pretty much on his way out. Yeah, But then I have like my first memory of the Iron Sheik was when he was going against some the rock when he was managing um the salting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of his shoots. Yes. <laughs> we became a certain group of us became familiar with the sheik. All of his shoots and, and his hatred that we all share for Hulk Hogan.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Plus that's 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 the memory that he 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 takes with him to the grave and we are all happy for the sheep. We're not happy for the sheik, we're happy for having the sheik.
1: Right. Absolutely.
2: Because there's people till this day that still in their head think they can make money with Hulk Hogan, so they won't ever say
1: what the sheik has said about him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So, (laughs) yes, the Iron Sheik definitely made his feelings known about him Um, on a regular basis on social media almost every day, almost every week up until, you know, the very end. And (laughs) he was real about it. And that's all you can ask for, you know, is authenticity in wrestling. And he really did show us that. So big ups to him. And I just hope that he is at peace and he is surrounded by love and light wherever he is at this point in time Mm -hmm. on the other side. So I just wanted to show respect. So, yes. But since we're here and I'm here to talk to you, when did you specifically fall in love with wrestling? So it was the new generation era. I
2: have an older brother. I'm the youngest of four children. I have an older brother and my older sisters are twins. So they're built-in best friends.
3: Mm-hmm. and they're
2: four years older than me and my brother's four years older than them so he's eight years older than me so i would just be underneath my big brother trying to do things like hey watching him to play the game hence my love for certain video games or wrestling so around the new generation era that's when i was starting to memory but it's always been around me mm-hmm. so around that sweet spot of um right before Shawn michaels won his first championship Wow. So like that, or I can't pinpoint exactly when, but I definitely remember all of Jeff Jarrett's first... Well, not all of, but the bulk of Jeff Jarrett's first run. I knew knew how to spell his name before I knew how to spell mine. Um, Razor, Diesel, the one-two-three kid, the million-dollar man. I used to think that his theme song would say Bundy. Oh, wow. Because... Um, <laughs> King Kong Bundy was a part of his um, part of his crew so I would I would just think that it's saying Bundy 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 because you know so mm-hmm. I, all of that that's my core memories of wrestling is just like that era of the new generation era right the right before it turned into Sean winning the bell mm-hmm.
1: okay that's a very sweet era right like, that's, like, that is a really sweet era because you're right there um before, of course, the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, you have your core members of the clique right there. And then you got Shawn Michaels, who was on top, you know, At that point, you know, he was the champion. He made his dreams come true, the boyhood dream and stuff. And then you have everybody else, you know, underneath that, you know, who are friends with him and stuff, you know, who helped to fill out, you know, what the new generation was at that time. And then you bring up Jeff Jarrett and stuff, and it's just so insane to think about him. Even now, like, he has remained relevant for so long. And he helped to, you know, give you those core memories and stuff. Right? And now you, and now we're still watching wrestling, and he's still wrestling even like, now on AEW that's on right now. So all yeah, I know it's crazy. It's
2: for him to win a belt, like give him a tag belt or something. You got a couple of those. Just let him have, like, let me experience that as a Jeff Jarrett fan, a lifelong Jeff Jarrett fan, because he has a lot of them now. But you know, they're not really the. You know,
1: the OG Jeff Jarrett fans—they
2: didn't suffer what we suffered through. They came when <laughs> came when they came when it looked like an easy ride because he's in a favorable place now. But they didn't go through the never drew a dime era. Mm. They didn't have to fight those. They didn't have mm. to tell people what drawing dimes are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Give just you know us core fans just give us one because he's honestly he's showing that his age, he's showing what wrestling is in old school wrestling, he's showing that regardless of what era, what time period, whatever, a good wrestler is always gonna shine through. Right. He's making people decades younger than him like a little bad
1: <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say yeah. I to people, but yeah. Just, you know, yeah and then he's sort of helping people you know step up their game because he has a wealth of knowledge right and then yes. even when you think about like i didn't think about this until you know his father passed on mm-hmm. it's like when you think about his family as a whole and what they all knew and what both of them knew in wrestling. Like that's like years worth of knowledge. That's at least over, over 40 years at least. From his
2: grandma. Right. Down to him. Right.
1: See, I didn't know about his grandma. Like, okay. Yeah. Christine. She was an old school promoter. Wow. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: And so he learned about promoting from his grandmother and his father. And his father wrestled, but his father didn't wrestle like him.
0: hmm
2: And then he was around all those Southern legends. He was around the Jackie Fargo's and, and the Jerry King Lawlers and Cross paths with Jim Cornette and all of those people that are, like, revered in the South. Right. That's where he cut his teeth. Mm-hmm. And there's this amount of promotions that Jeff wrestled in to, like,
1: really look at his credentials. It's like, wow. Yeah, his footprint is all over wrestling. Mm
3: -hmm. And
1: I'm more than sure, you know, of course he's been inducted into the Hall of Fame and WWE side, you know, and that was well-deserved. But, you know, I feel like there's... I kind of feel like you, where I feel like there's more flowers that he could get, you know? Like, he's not done yet at, by any stretch of the imagination. So no. there's more flowers that he could definitely get. And I I personally can't wait to see it, you know, because I'm, I'm a fan of seeing people get their flowers while they're here. So, you know, yeah. he could get like, some more.
2: That Hall of Fame, just him getting in the Hall of Fame was just like, you know what? The company that, that tried so hard to disparage his name said, okay, you're a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. So that's just like a, a win, Because now it has to change to the way a lot of people talk about him. Because that's a Hall of Famer. Right. That's a Hall of Famer, regardless of whatever you may say. Oh, he's nothing but a mid-card. That's a Hall of Famer.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a Hall of Famer, and he's the guy who you know started TNA, and now it's Impact, and yep. Impact is you know getting its flowers you know now, and it could and that could stand to get more too. So it's just like he really was you know a he is a standard bearer when it comes to wrestling, and I think that it's amazing how he was the one who sort of started crafting what you feel about wrestling you know in your era. So speaking of you, you know more, um, it's just. I want to know, when exactly did you decide... Well, actually, before I ask that question, when you were a wrestling fan, did anybody ever, like, sort of give you a hard time for being a wrestling fan or sort of tease you for it? Oh. Or or try to make you feel bad about it? Oh.
2: And how did you overcome it? Oh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: oh well. <laughs> oh, you watch wrestling? Yes, so is fake. And... I'm not gonna stop watching it because you said that. So where mm-hmm. are you going with this? And then after a while, that turns out, I think it's cool that you are wrestling. Like I was the child in elementary school having the printout of computer paper of SmackDown spoilers. Oh wow. The Smackdown used to be taped on Tuesdays. Spoilers yep. Yeah. And I would print them out and take them to school Wednesday. And having Wednesday and Thursday morning, all right? You have what's happening on SmackDown? Yeah, and just a bunch of boys. And then of course, kids are weird. So now it's just a bunch of rumors. Oh, all well, the boys talking to her because she's a this, she's a that. No, because I have SmackDown printed out, and they want to know what happened. So they're gonna ask me. Can they get what SmackDown? <laughs> so I have that. Um. I had a best friend through multiple years of my life who didn't watch wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I went through a phase where I stopped watching wrestling because, you know, at the end I was like diehard WCW. So when it was sold, I knew Vince was going to throw away all my favorites. And I was like, "Mm." so I turned off nitro and never turned back on wrestling. And so I started watching tapes of old nitros in
0: 2006.
2: Mm -hmm. And I had a friend who was like, Oh, well, that's stupid. And I was like, oh, well, you don't got to watch it. And that's going be that. If I have a boyfriend come over or have a boyfriend at the time, you're watching wrestling with me. I'm mm-hmm. like that. So we're watching wrestling today. So it's very much like people tried it. And it was just like, oh, well. And my sisters didn't watch it. My mom watched it during the Attitude Era. My sisters didn't watch it. It was just me, and my brother, and my mom. I have my cousin who watches sometimes. But it wasn't as bad as the people who are wrestling fans. They gave me the hardest of time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It was It was more like, then I had to prove that a Black girl could like wrestling.
0: Mm-hmm. Or that I
2: knew what I was talking about when I talked in wrestling groups about wrestling. She knows, always show and prove with us. Yeah. But I didn't really have a much, I didn't have much of a hard time. I was like able, I had more of a hard time liking horror and like mafia and gang movies. I had more of a hard time with that than I had for wrestling. I think everybody would rather me watch wrestling than Scarface every afternoon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I kind of, I tried to watch Scarface one time and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Like, it's just not me. It's just like, okay, this is like Al Pacino, I respect you, but this just isn't my movie. Like, this isn't my type of movie. Like, I think the only gangster movie I've really watched from beginning to end, I guess you could say it's Hustlers, you know? And I consider it a gangster movie because, I mean, you have these women who were exotic dancers, but then they were stealing money from the Ridge. Like, I feel like that is a gangster movie because that's not legal in any stretch of the imagination. And it was real. So, <laughs> so it's just like, to me, like that's the closest thing to a gangster movie I could ever really watch. But I'm glad you actually shared that with me in the sense that that was you know, something that you do like. But back to the wrestling component, it's like, I can only imagine what it was like To lose WCW and not watch it for a while. Because I I was a kid. What was that even like? I'm a grudge holder. I was a kid too. So that's
2: how Daddy knows that. I'm a grudge holder. And that happened. And Vince popped up and I said, No! Oh, (laughs) he's going to ruin all of my guys. I literally watched the whole show. Upset and seething because they just kept showing Vince, and I was just like, and at that time, I had like pulled back from WWF, Mm -hmm. because I was I was I was WWF like that's what brought me in. Then WCW got me because of the NWO, Sands the orange one, and then um, I went back during um, The Attitude Era because of course who's not. Gonna, you know then um when do i say like i was going judgment day 2000 mm-hmm. that is that is it for me i was a big rock fan i had a math book with a bunch of rock pictures in it it's so, like i don't need math i need the rock let me put <laughs> rock all in this notebook <laughs> i had his birthday and all these other things just in this book and that Iron Man match happened and it was just really it wasn't good for me as a kid Mm -hmm. worse as an adult (laughs) so the Iron Man match made me say okay I'm gonna watch Nitro (laughs) tomorrow because it was just a mess of a match it was like really a cluster of everything that I didn't want to see. And then it was just like, why are they doing this to The Rock? Right? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I was a smarter fan at an early age because of WCW. Mm -hmm. Because in their later years, they did a lot of pulling behind the curtain. And again, I, I would have spoilers. So I know certain things. And I have my older brother, who again was eight years older than me. So he would tell me things. So I knew a bunch of it. And I was just like, Ugh, I don't like that. That was nasty. That's that's not good to me. So then I I started watching WCW more. And then um, it was at one point where I was like, I'll catch Raw when WCW goes off.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then if it was a good enough episode of WCW for me, I might watch the replay directly after. So it was like, uh... and then after, because um... cause 2000 for me, for WWF, wasn't really good. Like, 99 was, like, really great, and then the beginning of 2000 was a McMahon-Helmsley era, which started off cool, but then immediately it was just like, it's too much. You're stacking the decks too hard, and it's like, why, why? Who want to see y'all come out and beat everybody up? Merciful. I can never talk when I want to talk. But when I'm not on camera, I say everything perfectly. Oh, (laughs) So, like, you just beat everybody to a pulp. And who wants to watch that Mondays and Thursdays and sometimes on Sundays? And Saturdays and if you watched all the other extra shows during the weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. But I kind of like moved to WCW, so it was heartbreaking to lose that. And then I was just like, "Well, music time! Let's get in! Let's get into some music and horror movies."
1: And that's what I did. So it's funny um, how you mentioned, you know, what it was like for you to lose WCW, because for me wcw was my gateway into wrestling but my father was taping it back to back every monday and it's just like when it was gone i didn't know about it because i wasn't watching it live like he was because there was a there was my whole life story is weird and i can't really get into that right now but really there was a point where i wasn't watching it as frequently and so by the time a certain point in my life changed I just looked up and WCW was gone and I didn't know what had happened until I saw Eric Bischoff show up on Raw in like 2002. And my dad explained to me what was going on and cause he was going on and on about it. And I'm a, and here again, I'm still like young. So I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. Why is this such a big deal? And so finally, you know, he bought the DVD of the Monday night war and watching that with him, Help me to understand the context of everything that I had seen, you know, him tape, you know, chronologically, yeah. how everything happened from beginning to end. And I was just like, dang, like there was a whole war going on. All of these people are fighting each other, throwing jabs at each other back to back and WCW is dominating, you know, and Vince was like, look, I'm just going to buy y'all. And I just, and I just didn't know because of course, you know, I just, I just didn't understand that I was just watching these people fight and that was it for me. So it's just like the idea of all of that happening, the corporate side, like all of that, I didn't know. and didn't understand until later in life. And then right around the time I started understanding it, the Ruthless Aggression era started. (laughs) And that's really what formed my, you know, big, big, you know, growing as a wrestling fan was that era. And yeah, all the hearing oh. about the, all of that was just crazy to me. Like all the stuff that was going on is it's insane to to think about that history and how it forms how we watch wrestling even now to this day. Yes. Yes. To this day. It's insane. So you said how the ruthless
2: aggression came in and then that hi Jersey. Like you said it came in and it, it made you. I was the gimmick promo character eras. New generation and attitude. So I like wrestling but after a while it's like, alright, yeah, I've been wrestling 15 minutes. I don't want no more this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'll have a cap of how long I'll pay attention to a certain match before I dip out and then like pull myself back in. But it's, it's like I was brought up in the real short matches.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You only get long matches at pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't touch so often. So, like, when I see it now, it's just like, mm, okay. Oh. 25 minutes? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but how do you feel about the match? It was
1: long. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting because it's like all I ever did was just sit and watch it and it just went and I was okay with that. Like, I never like, I just never really questioned, you know, oh my god, this is taking so long blah, blah, blah. Like, Bro. sometimes like, it'll come on and then the commercial will go off and then, like, when I was younger I would question it. But now I will literally just sit. I can sit and watch a match depending on who it is and uh-huh. be okay with it and just be like, yeah. So <laughs> Because
2: I know I noticed that because I stopped in two thousand one mm-hmm. and I came back in two thousand six, but I was just watching old stuff mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I came back in two thousand and six, but I was just watching the old stuff that we had taped, yeah, or like DVDs that were coming out around that time. Mm-hmm. so. I was still watching short matches. And my nephew got into liking John Cena. That's what brought me back into wrestling. My nephew started liking John Cena because of the Fred movie. In the Fred movie, John (laughs) Cena plays Fred's imaginary dad. Yeah. (laughs) Papa Figglehorn. Oh, my God. Yep. So my nephew was a fan of Papa Figglehorn. Mm -hmm. So my brother gets him a little two-pack, which is John Cena... In The Rock. I don't know if I got him that or did my brother get him that. But now mm-hmm. my brother's like, okay, that's Papa. My nephew's like, that's Papa Figglehorn. but who's that guy? So my brother shows him The Rock and shows him John Cena as a wrestler. Mm-hmm.
0: So now my nephew
2: loves wrestling. So now wow. sitting with my nephew, 2010,
1: uh, is it eleven? 11 12. Oh that was so long ago, and it was,
2: yo, yeah, it was a long period for me actually watching lot live stuff. But my nephew gets back in, my nephew gets me back into it because now this is all he wants to watch. So now we're watching, and that's what got me back in. So when I'm coming back from just watching old stuff like the network, I had the WWE on demand and the network, and all I would do is go watch from 96, 95. WCW 93 WWF up until 2001 Mm -hmm. and I would just stop, restart (laughs) wow or I would sometimes go further back depending like if I wanted to watch something else like if I wanted to watch old Sting matches I would go watch older Sting matches but they weren't as long as what I was coming out now like and at that time, in 2011-2012, Raw matches would go past three commercials. And I'm like, why? It's three hours now. And I was just like, ah. Even three <laughs> hours, WCW didn't fill as long as a three-hour Raw. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, the first thing I know. It's like, they take a lot longer with these matches now. <laughs> and it was a bunch more moved and a lot less of what I know like Buff will stop in the middle of the match and dance to the camera and flex his muscles and say I'm the stuff. And it's just like, oh okay. We're really good wrestlers. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that would, it would that would be it. Now I can appreciate it, but it takes a lot out of me to watch it. And I and 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 I'll miss a, a lot of things because I'll take a mental break and be on my phone or something. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I get it because sometimes sometimes I find that you can have an issue sort of paying attention to certain things because it can, it's a lot of dedication to like sit for hours, especially when you're living your regular life. You're working and you're also possibly sitting or standing or whatever you're doing for hours. And
2: okay. then to
1: dedicate a whole lot of time to watching like a two hour show or even a three hour show is a whole lot. And I get it. And, and I feel like per week now. Yeah, and it's a whole lot. And it's just like, yo, like, it's sometimes you to take a break. Seven yes. days a week now. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to take a break sometimes. I get it. But honestly, I'm what I'm hearing is, is that even when you know there were a lot of people who weren't necessarily like into it like you were you know you stayed in it and even with your family you know being in it and out of it you know you were still in it until you know you lost your favorite show and then you quit and then you started watching (laughs) yeah and then you started watching the older stuff but either way you know you were true to that until you know you started seeing other things you know through your nephew's eyes and then you started getting back into it a little bit more. And then, you know, you sort of fell out with it again, but yet and still, you know, that love was still there. You were just into different things, you know, and you were sort of making it fit your life and not the other way around. And I can appreciate that. And what's so funny is you were talking about printing spoilers, you know, for your classmates and everything like that's so crazy to me because it was a long while before I had com- I had a computer like before my parents had a computer so I didn't see spoilers until like way later when i started like when we finally did get a computer and i started hearing about spoilers but i never really saw them physically until i got my own phone and then i started seeing things online with wrestling stuff and even then i wasn't looking at it because i don't believe in that like you're not gonna spoil this for me like i want to watch this as it happens like i'm the type of person that you can spoil it for me it's
2: only gonna make me want to watch it
1: See that's if my mama. she do that, and I'm just like, I can't do that. Don't tell me nothing.
2: If it's good, <laughs> you can tell me, and I'm
1: just like, no. Ooh, let me go and see it. Like, be quiet. Like,
2: don't say nothing. Don't tell me nothing. Is, all right. Well, how did we get there? Like, if, if, even if I'm reading the spoilers, like it's telling you what it was, but you still want to see the you still want to see the match. Reading the match is like, oh, Okay, so this side he won. He won with a a rock bottom. Okay. I know how The Rock put the dramatics on the rock bottom. I need to see that rock bottom. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. It's, it's, especially as a kid. And I think that's why I am the way I am now with spoilers, because I used to read them for SmackDown. Mm-hmm. At every, every week I would have it. If I didn't print it, my brother printed it. Mm-hmm. And I would bring it to school. And it was that until I stopped watching WWE Happy. Then it was
1: the thunder spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. In the comments, Andre is saying it's all about the in-between. Yes, I get that. You know, I respect that. But, you know, for me, because I was never really exposed to the whole spoiler thing, like, when people started doing it, I was like, no, nah, don't tell me. Like, I want to I see it for myself. But I understand, you know, the intrigue behind it. Like, I completely understand it. But I, I just can't do it. Like, I just, I want to feel it in the moment. Like, I yeah. that's, that's a part of the fun for me. Like, i got to feel it. So... Yeah. um, In talking about your love for WCW and everything, you know, that you've experienced and, you know, your fandom of that. When did you realize you wanted to start using your voice in the wrestling space to sort of express your opinions and also share your thoughts and like even start your show Talk of Champions, which is centered on whatever it is that you've centered it on. Like, just when did you decide this is what I want to do and I can do this?
2: So it started with my brother for a very long time. What mm-hmm. you see on the show is how me and my brother talk about wrestling. So see me loud and screaming, me and my brother would get loud and I'll yell. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm right, I'm right. But I always have my brother. And then at a certain period of time, I was just like, Ah, the internet sucks. I want to, like, talk with wrestling fans. I don't I know. Nobody talk wrestling. He was like, join wrestling groups, idiot. And I was like, what? It's wrestling <laughs> groups. So it started with wrestling groups. And I joined a plethora of wrestling groups. I am me. I'm um, a big personality, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. So I go on and I say, well, I like this. And so I'm like, that sucks. I'm like, your mom sucks. Or what do you like? That sucks. <laughs> so it was that, and it was that for years. And for a couple of years, it was just like literally arguing with wrestling fans because I like WCW and Jeff Jarrett, and I would say WCW two thousand is not as bad as y'all make it seem, and I will argue that every single day. And then of course you argue a little long, then it comes to personal and all of this nonsense. But that's funny for me. Because it was just like, ah, you can't argue wrestling. So now you got to find a picture of my nephews and call me an ugly mom. (laughs) Ha ha, loser. Yeah. Yeah. So I started a small group unsanctioned. And I started that, and that became my sanctuary. Mm -hmm. That's where, like, a lot of that started. Around that time period, that's when I started Black Wrestling History. I started that on my Instagram. And I would post one wrestler a week. And then when I was in certain Facebooks, I did it there. But in 2015, I started on sanction, And I've been doing it consistently there since then. But that's where a lot of the things that I do that you see me do honed its... Well, I, I honed the craft of me doing, especially with the Black wrestling history stuff. Because before I would just post pictures. And now it's like me writing bios and finding wrestlers that no one ever heard of or just bringing wrestlers back to people's memory, depending on what I do. Um, so it started there. I'll say 2019, was it? 19? I think 2018, my brother made me join in Gepa Like Wrestling. Because, like, some idiots arguing about Vince Russo, I think you'll get a kick out of it. I was like, bet, I'm there. Well, that, that group is really big. It's... A cesspool,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that's the nicest thing I can say about it. You'll find some good people there, but the bulk of it is people screaming at each other, racial things, sexist things. I posted um my I posted Black wrestling history there one year, and that led to like me joining other places. But in 2020, um, funny we were talking about it earlier. The Tester Blanchard thing happened. Mm -hmm. And I was voicing my opinions on it in my group and in that group. And it led to someone asking me, do I want to join their um, wrestling talk show? Because I guess my post was getting traction and a lot of attention. So that led to me joining um, Unpopular Review, where I'm Mm -hmm. Katrina. And I met... um, stan (laughs) i don't want to say other people's names but those are the two that you know stick i also april april i met katrina april and stan and i started they asked me to start doing shows i started doing shows the end of january after the royal rumble and that's how i fell into it everything i did was just me falling into it me telling my brother "Ah, i wish i people to talk wrestling about besides you. Oh, join wrestling groups. Oh, arguing years in wrestling groups. Oh, you want to join this show? So that led to that. I wasn't necessarily treated favorably there. So that ended up with me leaving. Me, Stan, and Matthew, we started Talk of Champions. Basically, we started the platform because I wasn't treated how... I wasn't treated with respect and I was pretty much, um. they was pretty much painting me to be the angry black girl. Mm-hmm. So that's where my love for Katrina always started because regardless of how they tried to paint me, Katrina was right there arguing for me. And so was Stan. So when I left, Stan was like, I don't want to be there if you're not there. <laughs> so we started talking champions and we just started that because doing unpopular review and talking about current day wrestling, especially in the middle of the, at the start of the pandemic, it got real boring. So he was like, I want to talk about old wrestling. So we started mm-hmm. talking about older wrestling topics. We started talking about um, the click. We started talking about the Montreal school drop, Of course, no one starts an old school wrestling show without having a Montreal school drop show. We was talking about just certain things that happened that we enjoy like the final nitro that was like the first time Mean Stan did a show by ourselves. And that was like what became talk of champions.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then we started talk of champions and then it just snowballed into a lot of different opportunities. So I never decided this is what I want to do. I just mm-hmm. tripped one day and fell into it.
1: Okay. You know, it's a really interesting story because it's, very similar to mine in some places, except I didn't necessarily have that much of a harder time as I'm hearing that you did on social media, because what it sounds like is people really tried to silence you and made it it seem like oh, well, you're doing too much and all this other stuff. Because a lot of that stuff you've gotten online, I've gotten since I've started my platform. It's like you'll post certain things about history or post your opinions about things that have to do with you that do affect you as a Black woman. And you have other wrestling fans who couldn't walk a day in your shoes you know, and then they sort of cast their opinion on it, and it's really hard, and they sort of trash you for it, and then they get mad personal with you, which is unnecessary. Um, and it's unwarranted because I mean, we're we all love the same thing, but my thing is, if you're not listening to my experience and discounting it as you know, untrue. Just because you don't go through it, then that's then there's no way we can understand each other. And no. what it and what it seems like is you were searching for a place, even though you did find it with unpopular review. Because I do know about them, and I do love them. And Katrina, I found with Katrina. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's just like you were finding a place where you could say what you wanted to say and value the things that you value in wrestling in a safe space. And, you know, and you created that, you know, out of a necessity. And I'm glad that you did because, you know, you have to do that sometimes. If there's anything we have learned in the past few years um, with content creation in wrestling and all of the above is that if you're not being appreciated in one place, you know, you can either go somewhere else where you are appreciated or you can create the place where you are appreciated. Yes. So it's sounding like that's what you and Stan, you know, and your brother did do. And even with the pandemic, like, when I listen and hear you talk about, you know, talking about older wrestling, because wrestling was a little bit different, you know, during the pandemic. It was different. There were no fans and stuff, but it was still going on, which is something I do appreciate to Mm -hmm. this day. But, you know, there were a lot of people who were feeling nostalgic for the things that they once loved. And I think about ESPN and how they were showing lots of older things. You know, of older sports, especially when the last dance documentary came out, that was enjoyable because I got to see what basketball was like in the 90s. Because, of course, you know, I'm a child. So all I knew Michael Jordan from was Space Jam. I didn't know that he had won like 51 championships and there was a whole lot of drama behind that. So you were able to serve that level of content, you know, when it came to WCW for those. You know who really liked that sort of thing who liked watching older stuff and going back in time and looking at that as it's available so that's really innovative and that's cool you found your safe space and then you found a place to be innovative you know where there wasn't a place to be innovative and i think that's amazing so with that in mind I think the only thing, the one thing I want to ask you is like, what was sort of like your favorite event or favorite episode of WCW that you've covered on Talk of Champions and why?
2: So my favorite, this Mm -hmm. is where I get a lot of, a lot of slack. We covered New Blood Rising. Mm Mm-hmm. New Blood Rising. Matter of fact, at New Verizon is my comfort WCW pay-per-view, but we did Bash at the Beach 2000.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Bash at the Beach 2000 is the infamous pay-per-view where um, Jeff Jarrett laid down. It mm-hmm. wasn't. It wasn't. Listen, Jeff Jarrett laid down for Hulk Hogan, and I, I, I did. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but eventually it hit me that I did. Um, we covered that, but that was the infamous um, Jeff Jarrett laying down for Hulk Hogan and Bruce Russo calling him a bald bitch. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> he, he ended up calling him that, and it was a lot of drama and nuance behind that story. Um, Stan doesn't like WCW 2000. Mm-hmm. And when we first started Talk of Champions, Stan was like, all right, depending on how you looked at it, Stan was either good cop or bad cop. (laughs) We was like never on the same accord. We'd be on some things. There's a lot of things we'd never be on the same accord with. And it was Mm -hmm. WCW 2000. So we did it with one of Stan's friends, JML. And he was like on my side. So I had someone that could help me and team up against Stan who's being a hater. (laughs)
1: Like, he was just being a
2: hater. He was like, he hate-watched it. And I was like, boo. <laughs> but wow. I had someone there with me. And I, I enjoyed that because it wasn't just me and Stan arguing back and forth. It was me and Stan arguing back and forth. But a third party, that was like, you know what? I did like this, too. So I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm justified.
1: <laughs> right. That's funny. That's really funny. Um, I just know... I've never like it's been such a long time since I've looked back in WCW content that I feel like if I were to watch it now, like it would be really interesting to me to kind of just look back on it. Like it, man, it's crazy. It's so outdated,
2: and watching it now with what we know, we're gonna watch it with today's goggles. Yeah. So even though I love it, there's still things I see and go, ooh, yeah. Mhm. Kid have been watching this. <laughs> Grown them shouldn't have been doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. Like everything, sort of has its you know expiration. <laughs> um, But, you know, in watching it, I'm more than sure it wouldn't hurt me to look at it because that's something I do want to do better at is looking back at wrestling things, you know, outside of, you know, being assigned to look back. I do want to, like, take some time to actually look back myself and just really watch something, you know, from back in the day. Like, the last older thing I watched was the month of April when I was doing Women in WrestleMania series, and I actually watched back – um the very first women's match at a WrestleMania show. And that was Wendy Richter versus Leilani Kai. And that was really interesting and really cool for the most part for what it was. You know, you had Cindy Lauper there, you know, and it was really cool for what it was. But honestly, like looking, looking back back, like I just don't do, and I feel like I need to do that a whole lot more just to expand my palette.
2: What I would say is go to your memories. So if it's a certain Goldberg thing that you remember loving, watch that first. Yeah. A lot of people especially with WCW 2000, that's why we hear a lot of negative stuff, they just jump in. And that's not a show you can jump into. You have to have content. You have to have, you have you're not content. You have to have um you have to you have to have context to what's mm-hmm. happening. Right. And you may put on a show from 2000 and it's about 80,000 things happening because at that time, Vince Russo was Vince russo in.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was things you you just need to understand that this didn't happen because of this or this is happening because of that. And this is, you turn on something and see Medusa getting barbecue sauce poured on her. And I'm like,
0: why? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So
2: it, it's a hard watch to people who didn't watch it and didn't like it. Mm-hmm. but for me that's my comfort that's that's my childhood I mm-hmm. remember Oklahoma good to Oklahoma even though they, it was really bad that they made fun of Jim Ross but I didn't
1: like Jim Ross at that time oh wow I'm not a Jim Ross girl I think that's the first time I've had someone outwardly admit that on my show a lot of history being made this week <laughs> um, that's another reason
2: that they will argue because I'm not a Jim Ross girl
1: no, like I'm, I'm not gonna argue with you at all because that's how you feel. But I'm just saying, like you're the first person that's ever said that out loud. And I'm probably, I'm. It's, it's probably not a lot of us. I think everybody likes
2: Jim Ross. I respect him for what he was, and I appreciate his calls.
1: But I didn't really care for it. Mm-hmm. Now I respect him for his calls, you know, for back in the day. But now though, he gotta go. Yeah, now it's a little bit rough, especially, you know, with some of the verbiage that he uses towards women, it's a little bit much. And I'm just like, sweetheart, sweetheart, it's 2023, why are we using that word? Like, why are we saying that? Because
2: Jim Ross is a man,
1: how old is he? He's in his 60s, 70s? Yeah, 60s, I want to say maybe 70s. Maybe. You know? I don't know. This is Jezebel,
2: Hussey, these are things Uh -uh. that, you know, he made his brand on. So now... He's continuing his brand. He's a gimmick when he goes to, you know, do commentary, and he's doing his gimmick, and it's like, we pass that, honey. We pass that, Jim Ross.
1: Yeah, it's it's a bit much. Like it really is a bit much sometimes. But you know, we like what we like, and we respect that here on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. But I think with, that has a lot yeah. to do
2: with me knowing too much, right? Hmm. And I blame WCW 2000 for this because they came very meta in t- late 99, 2000. I think that was always kind of meta because um, Eric Breshoff would pretty much read WWF spoilers on TV. Yeah, he would. So we always, watching WCW, we, was old, we always knew more than we should as wrestling fans.
1: Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what that was like. Because seeing those old tapes and watching it backwards and seeing how, you know, open he was with just doing it, I was just like, whoa. They opened up
2: so much more than they need to open. So, like, I knew that Jim Ross was the reason that Jeff Jarrett kind of left the way he did WWF. Oh, And I knew that since... Chef Jar loved WWF. Whoa. <laughs> because they would go on TV and like allude to it. And wow. because I had an older brother, he would put like a lot of the context behind what they were saying. So I was like the type of wrestling fan I am now, I was it at 10-11. hmm I had no choice to be watching WCW. <laughs> like it would, it was I was something that um they were taking away all the belts because they was revamping. Um, they just finally brought back Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo to work together after firing Bischoff, bringing in Russo, firing Russo. They were bringing them back. And they stripped everyone of titles. Sid was the champion. Eric Bischoff says, What are you going to do? Get your scissors? Ooh. Now that goes to the Arn Anderson, Sid Bischoff story where Arn sta- was stabbed with scissors. And that was happening in WCW 2000.
1: <laughs> I feel like a book should be written about all of that because that's it just is, a lie. I literally have it
2: on my dresser right there. It's a knife or a book.
1: Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it exists. Okay, it's a couple well. books
2: written. About it's a couple books written about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and speaking of books, you know something that I do love, you know that you did mention is that, you know, you will write your Black wrestling history around Black History Month. And I remember a few years ago, I don't know if it was a year ago or two years ago, I asked you, I was just like, when are you going to write a book about Black wrestling history? Because I feel like I learned so much from you with everything that you were posting about Black wrestlers that I did know about and ones that I didn't know about. And I'm just like, this. there's so much knowledge here, like, have you ever thought about creating or crafting like so, like some printed knowledge of all of Black wrestling in history, and just making it definitive and just putting it out there and just selling it and just being I didn't awesome? Think that about way. it. Until you said it. Oh, really? Okay. I'm not a writer, and I
2: struggle with getting what I give you guys because I know I'm not a writer. So, like yeah. a lot of times, if you read it, it's like written very poorly. But it's like I'm jotting down the notes. And then I'm, like, forming it into a sentence. And then I'm forming it into a paragraph literally, like, most of the time the night before. Wow. Just to get it out there. Because sometimes it's a lot of information to get. Sometimes I'm fine-tuning who I want to do. A lot of the years I did it and it was very unorganized. Mm -hmm. In 2019, I started to organize it better. Right. I write out a list of people who I wanted to do. Um, I started doing them by years they debuted, which is, like, it makes it better for me because a lot of times, once we get to the later years, there's more information than it was in the beginning. Right. So it's a lot, a lot of the information I get from certain books. Like, especially if I'm talking about older people, Mm -hmm. like the older wrestlers, a lot of that information I get from books. So there's books out there If anybody would want to, an actual writer, like, can you help me? I would help. But I don't think that I could do it because I'm like, I'm not a writer. (laughs) And this would drive me up a wall to try to, you know, do this. But the idea of it being a book is dope as hell. And if Mm -hmm. anyone's like, you know what? I'm going to take her up and write that book. Contact me. I will help you to the end of time but I don't think that I can do the book, you
1: know? Right. I'm sure there has to be somebody out in the world. We're gonna put this clip out here. I'm sure there's somebody (laughs) out in the world that would be happy to help you write a book, like, that actually has the experience of collecting and compiling a book that would be, you know, willing to do that. There has to be somebody. Somebody out there that's just as passionate about it. Or for that, but Shanties herself writing a book, I'm not for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, though, because, I mean, everybody, you know, everybody isn't necessarily comfortable writing, and that's okay. But, mm-hmm. you know, the idea and the concept of it, I feel like it's really, like, I feel like it's necessary. And you know how many people, you know, who, you just never know how many people might be interested in that kind imagine of, you know, thing. Like, that could be a college like book. having
2: a tabletop book, and you could just open up and read about Luther Lindsay. Right. And it's just like, I would love it. Especially, it's, it's certain ways you can do it. You can do it by eras. You can do it by towns. You can do it by, you know, genders. You can figure it out. It's certain ways, like, there's a lot of wrestling in in our culture. Yeah. A lot of, it's it's not always pretty, but it's a lot of it. And mm-hmm. that's like, when I did, um in 2020, I did an all-woman one. And that's when I realized this is 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 deeper than, you know, The Rock, Booker T, mm-hmm. Mark Henry, The Godfather. No, it's a lot. And I'm all for, if someone wants to say, hey, I want to put out a book. I want you to help me. I would love
1: to help you with this. I'm all for that. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. So... In the in the meantime, as your show is growing and as you know you're beginning to find more of your voice, when did you also decide that you wanted to become a promoter of an all black woman show? Um or is if that's the first show you've ever promoted or whatever. Like, when did you decide that you also wanted to become a promoter and create a show such as Black Girl Magic, which I have had the pleasure of seeing the first one and being a part of the second one? So I didn't create it. That's the great part about it. Um, Stan
2: from talk of Champions that led Stan into wrestling school. Mm -hmm. While Stan was in wrestling school, we met Taylor Norman or or Spice Spiegel or however she likes to be referred to now. Mm -hmm. I I met her and I think it was just one day. I think it was the day Undertaker said how wrestlers isn't as tough as he was. Yeah. And I think I was just like walking around the gym, making fun of it. (laughs) Because it was like, um, mm mm-mm. wrestlers wrestlers used to go out really bad in your days. I don't know what... I think we're happy with this. (laughs) And I think Mm -hmm. I was like just making jokes about it. And she was like, oh, you know a lot about wrestling. And one day she comes and she says, I want to do an all-black woman wrestling show. Do you want to like do commentary? I said, no. But I'll help you if I can. (laughs) (laughs) And at first it was that. And then somehow between that that moment, she actually put it together. I think with um the the owner of the school, they helped her, and the trainers there helped her put it together. So the first one, I helped a lot, but it was very minimal.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then, because I, I didn't know what I was doing. Had no idea. I don't think anybody involved with that knew what they were doing. <laughs> so it was very minimal. But also, the... um. The showing for that, the people that came, the people that supported, was very minimal. That was a fun-ass show. I was just thinking about it earlier. Like, Jacob Fartu was there, and I was oh, being wow. me, and Jacob Fatu said, girl, you funny. You want some Hennessy? I was like, these are my favorite things, Jacob Fatu. Sure. <laughs> you know? So Jazz was there. It was cracking jokes with Jacob Fartu. Jazz was there c- talking about the chicken that was being cooked. It was just a great show, and I was mad that People didn't support it as much as they said they did online. Mm. So this is where a lot of the things that you say about me being spicy comes along. Because I waited about a month and a half and then me and Kiki did a show. And I done cussed everybody on my show, comments that didn't watch or wasn't there. Like, y'all don't support Black women like y'all say you do. Y'all go here and y'all do this and y'all do that. But y'all don't support Black women or all Black women wrestling show. But y'all want me to sit here and believe y'all support Black women. I went off about it. I went off about it for so long that that made Spice decide she's going to do a second one. Because I was cussing somebody out. And someone said, I'll be at the next one. And I, I, cussed, I cussed them out for a year straight. So when she decided to do the second one, I said, it was dope. <laughs> <This is different. laughs> but it was it was it was it was fun. So and um, when she said she wanted to do a second one, I was like, "I'm gonna help you with promotion, and I'm gonna help you get sponsors." She was like, "Okay." Then the more stuff, she was like, "I want you to be um my second in command." I was like, "Sure." So I'm the type of person, and I don't know if it's a bad habit or is it a good thing, but eventually. I'll say I'll do it and I'll like take control. And I don't want to say like take control, but if I see you can't, boom, I'm going to do it. Don't worry about it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: If you're struggling, let me do it. I got you. We're going to get it done. And that's what happened last year. A lot of people spoke to me because I was just like, yo, Taylor, focus on um, the card and speaking to the wrestlers. If I can do it, let me do it. I spoke to everybody about sponsoring. I spoke to a lot of people, like, with you on commentary. We had um, just a Black Wrestle fest. We were just there, and you did that. And I was like, yo, I'm going to see if I can get you on if you're interested. He was like, yeah, I'm interested. Um, That Katrina doing the ring announcing, that was like, well, Katrina, you want to be back? She was like, yeah. So that led to that. I, Kiki was supposed to be there. But again, that's when the monkeypox thing happened. Right. So Faye doing commentary with you was sort of last minute because it was gonna be um a, a bunch of other people that just it was like COVID and monkeypox and a lot of just like pullouts. So it ended up being you and Faye. But Taylor is the promoter, but I was just like, we're gonna get this done. And I'm so happy how it happened. Uh me cursing out people for a year straight made people support us so much and it's not just that there's a lot of people that supported the cause because they actually heard about it right but there's a lot of people that did it because they didn't want to get cursed out again
1: (laughs) that was not playing (laughs) right i have a funny story about that i saw you and kiki even though i didn't know keeks at the time um (laughs) talking about that on social media and i feel like this was the weekend of an all-women's event in St. Louis, and NWA, and and, and I was there doing press for women's wrestling, talking. That was the first press event I had ever done, and and I had interviewed. So many people at that point, you can go on Women's Wrestling Talk and watch it. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy to just be there at Empower amongst all of that feminine energy because I was just happy to be there. You know, it was my first time doing press. I was working with Women's Wrestling Talk, finding my, you know, finding my groove here and still, you know, it had just been a year. So I'm just like, okay, this is great. And then I saw y'all talking about this this show and 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 talking about you know your frustrations about Black Girl Magic, and I was just like whoa. (laughs) I was like, what's happening? Like, is everything okay? Like, what is wrong? You know, and I remember seeing everything about Black Girl Magic, but just not being able to go because, number one, I didn't know how to travel to New York yeah myself i didn't know i like at that point in time i was still finding myself still trying to build up my brand still Mm -hmm. trying to figure everything out because the same way you didn't exactly know what you were doing i didn't know what i was doing either so (laughs) i was just like i'm still trying to figure everything out i'm still trying to figure out you know how would i support something like this even though i'm far away because you know Y'all are in New York. I'm in Alabama. That's far. So I'm well, it's not far. It's not far to me anymore, but it was then. So was, I was just like, there. <laughs> Yeah, I just didn't know. So I was just like, Man, like, I want to, like, I hope they don't think I wasn't, you know, being supportive because I, because I just didn't know how to do or what to do at that point and all of that. So I was just like, You know, I'm here at this thing, but what they're talking about an all black woman show, that sounds cool. But I just didn't know how to help or how to be a part of it because i was just like uh i don't know what to do from here but so i that, remember all of that. <laughs> that
2: i was aiming directly at everybody in new york um I, we had a <laughs> bunch of people tuning in to talk to champions that was in new york um there's other places and other groups that has a bunch of fans that's in new york and they come out and they show themselves for other places and other things but they don't go to jersey for all black women wrestling show but you know if whatever big indie name is gonna be in a jersey show if they get someone who just left wwe or AEW wrestling y'all gonna y'all gonna move mountains to get there but y'all come in my black face and tell me how much i support black women and love black women but where were y'all it was a lot of space for y'all and y'all wasn't there Mm-hmm. So I specifically aimed it at the ones that could physically get here. Kiki couldn't, but Kiki brought a ticket. Mm-hmm. And even if you watch the show, there's people who didn't even watch the first show. Mm-hmm. So, like, I aimed that directly at a group of people, especially the ones that I spoke to most of the time and that I see often at other places, but I didn't see there. Mm-hmm. And even with the second one, there was a lot of people that I see often but didn't see there. But at that point, I was just so filled with love from the second one because of just the support it got. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Like, I don't know. I was drunk at the second one. I was drunk at the first one, but I got really drunk at the second one. (laughs) And what happened was I set myself up. The first one, I ate. Second one, I didn't eat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I got there. My friend was bringing food. By the time she brought food, I already started drinking. So you have a you drink before you eat. And then by the time you look at the food, your stomach said, please, girl,
1: you got this. Because you're already no. drinking? No. Like, um, I I eat before. If I so do. Like, I, I do, have to eat before.
2: Normally I do, but that day was a day and I was like, "Give me this alcohol," and then I wasn't drinking <laughs> regular alcohol. I was drinking Incredible Hog. and Incredible Hog is mixing two alcohols—you're mixing Hypnotic and Hennessy—and both Holy of those really, really strong Whoa. drinks. Mm-hmm. So that was a really strong drink on cookies and grapes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was like two cookies; it wasn't even like a bunch of cookies. <laughs> so I played myself, so I didn't get to enjoy Black Magic in the first one. But I enjoyed, I enjoyed that we got there, every single woman was paid. Yeah. Every, every single woman was paid. We was giving people more than what they was asking for. We was giving people more than they said their rate was. We was given because we had it.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. And the people that supported us, supported us. We had more than just wrestling pod. I asked literally. I always say this, I network across. I have all of these friends, and we do podcasts, and y'all want to invite me here. All right, you supporting black women? There's a, there's a bunch of people that can tell you. I said, if
1: you're not smart, and I'm telling them you hate black people. Oh my God. <laughs> now that's now that's extreme, but it got the job done, though. It was people that I
2: knew, and people that knew I was kind of joking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I was joking enough that they knew I, yeah, yeah, she'll probably do it. So, (laughs) but it's people that was going to do it regardless. There's people that just put into it. And I wanted to do a lot more, but the timing was just, it was like it happened so quickly.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think everybody that sponsored every podcast, it was so many. Like you watched the show back, every woman had about eight sponsors. Mm -hmm. We was, like, everybody getting sponsored. Every woman was sponsored. Every match was sponsored. The show was sponsored multiple times. And that is much more than I could ever ask. And the simple fact that I was able to do that for that show meant meant everything for me. Like, I was, like, if I wasn't drunk, I probably would have been crying. (laughs) Like, oh, my gosh. Because I really love just black people in wrestling and I support that and especially black women. I wanted to like try to make that a safe haven mm-hmm. and make it a fun space and just make it enjoyable as much more that I didn't get to do that I wanted to do for that show but I'm, I'm not the promoter I was the second in command and that's all because that was Spice's dream and right. I told her the whole way This is your baby. This is your dream. I just believe in it.
1: Right. And you believing in it, like, did so much, you know, for every woman on that card. And I loved being a part of it. Like, that was really one of the biggest highlights of my young career as a commentator and as a content creator and everything that I do. Like, that was one of the biggest highlights of my life period like commentating with Faye you know and because Faye was somebody I had always seen but the idea that we got to work together and meet each other you know and call action together like we had such great chemistry and she was the first woman that I had ever really commentated with ever like Mm -hmm. yeah she was the first woman I ever commentated with and just seeing every woman in being a part of that show um Was just a blessing. Like, so many women that I had seen and hadn't seen and heard of and hadn't heard of, and just getting their information and just taking care of them in my own way. Like, that's a huge blessing. And that's something that I'll never forget. Like, the energy was just so high, and everyone was just amazing to each other and it was just a beautiful event that I'm just so happy that I got to be a part of even though at first I wasn't sure because of course I was just up there so I was just like how am I gonna do this but thank God it worked um I I wasn't sure at first (laughs) I was just so happy to be a part of it you know and surrounded by all of that you know energy full of black women thriving at the top of their game women who you see on tv now like Willow who's the champion of New Japan now. Like, are you serious? Like, it's insane. Like, Trisha Dora, who's just a dominant champion now, and she's been on television too. Like, it's just like, it's the most insane thing to really think about. Like, all of these women, you know, here and sharing space in, in that event that you and Spice created. Like, that really, that's going to continue to uplift the women that were a part of that show. And, of course, there has to be a three. You know that. There has to be a three.
2: (laughs) It's Spice's baby. So when Spice says, I'm ready for a three, we'll figure out the figure outs.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm going to figure out my figure out, and we're going to figure it out.
2: (laughs) That's literally it. I I don't have no problem putting that stressful hat back on to make it happen again.
1: Exactly. And with all of that, you know, we were able to come back together again and do the women of color and wrestling panel with Katrina. Right. It's all full circle. Like we all wind up back together somehow. Like what was that like being a part of that? So much last year. I was in New York three times. Like I loved it. That's why I love it so much because I was there so
2: much. Last year was an out of body, out of body experience for me. Because going through all of that, I was actually um, in school. I was getting recertified as a medical bill and encoder. And then I took the test in October.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: So all of that time during the show, I was stressed because I was like, I don't think I can pass. I, I doubt myself with tests. I hate tests. And then I aced the test October. It was like, matter of fact, no, that happened. I was studying for the test on that panel. And I aced the test on October 25th. Hey, look at so it. So it was just, like, literally an out-of-body experience from Black WrestleFest to, like, the end of the year. It was just, like, I did a lot. I did a lot. <laughs> I did mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> and yeah. just sitting there, like, I was looking in your open, and I'm, like, looking at you talk, but I'm looking at my face, and I'm just looking around, like, mm. Like, fidgeting and, like, looking at me on the screen, and then looking at people watching me. And it's just like, and I didn't grasp until like a month afterwards that I spoke at Comic-Con.
1: Right, your Comic-Con.
2: New York Comic-Con.
1: Yeah. That's crazy.
2: That's crazy. Yeah. Can't no one say anything. About Katrina and me, because no. No. You, you can't say anything bad about Katrina and me. I'll punch you. <laughs> me too. I feel the same we'll way. Fight. We'll fight. How dare you?
1: <laughs> exactly. And then it's just to be sitting there with you and Shay and, you know, and seeing how much she has grown um, right. with on her own and with women's wrestling talk and just seeing, you know, Katrina, you know, continuing to thrive the way she thrives. And and then also being a mother too, it's just like whoa. And then you have Lo, and then you have Kiki. Like all of us, like we we started, you know, that run, and then of course the panel has continued to just go everywhere now. Like it's about to go to Florida now, and it's just like it's so insane. And I hate that I couldn't be Chicago, all of the places. Like and it's just a beautiful thing, and to have us all gathered together at that special point in time last year was just, it's something I'll never forget, you know, and it's something I low key. I selfishly want to just happen all the time, but you know, life and adulting and all of the things, but I'm just happy that it it, it even happened once because we were able to gather together and be real about our, you know, journeys as women of color in wrestling and love on each other and encourage each other. You know, and encourage was other was people huh, who just came <laughs> on. So, yeah. What? Remember Katrina had a poster
2: that we all signed? Yeah. I had too, and I said, Katrina, can I have the second one? She was like, yeah. So I had you sign the second one. And I have all of y'all. I don't have Katrina. I could get Katrina to sign that later. But I literally have the second poster with all of y'all signatures on it. And I'm saving it. And I'm going to, like, frame it and put it up. And y'all going to start seeing it in backdrops. Because that's, like, we did that. We did that. We did that. It's gonna be that and it's gonna be a frame poster of all of us (laughs) by her magic. And me like this in the back because all of the hypnotic in Hennessy has wasted away <laughs> the cookies and apple juice, and I didn't know
1: what to do with myself with this. <laughs> right. But you deserve that. You know, you put in a lot of hard work <laughs> and you deserve that. So, I mean, that's why I, hey. I said,
2: listen, Dale, the show, I'm going to be drunk. I didn't know it was going to be that bad.
1: <laughs> I <That> was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and I was you know I'm always nervous before a show but I was just I was just so happy like just happy like throughout the whole the you know last thing round. I did
2: was make sure everybody got, everybody got paid before the show. Mm-hmm. once this hits, I'm gonna be missing. so let's make sure everybody get what they need. Ugh, I don't I want to mention this. one thing I'm very proud about about black girl magic is my friend Giselle. She's an artist. Mm-hmm. And she goes to, she's going to be at like Brooklyn Comic Con coming up. And she makes these beautiful prints. And I was just like, yo, make prints. And I'm going to get you a table. And you go sell your prints. And she was like, okay, I don't have much wrestling. I said, print whatever you got plus the wrestling stuff that you already made and then sell it there. It doesn't matter if it's women-oriented. And I remember Mr. Perry's children was there. Yes. I remember seeing them carrying her prints. I was
3: like, oh, that's it. That's mm-hmm.
2: it. That's it. Doing it for the woman is one thing, but then my friend sold art at this show.
1: Yeah. They took a picture of me with those prints. <laughs> I love those children. Yes. Yes, they came.
2: I listen, I tried to stay away from them because again, I wasn't I wasn't in the space to be a around <laughs> hmm <laughs>
3: But right. I met them
2: again. I met them again at another Battle Club show. So that was that was for that. But I wasn't in a place beer be on *Charge Black Girl Magic*. But seeing them carrying her prints, and I was just like, "That's it. That's it." I put my friends in positions to do things on this show, and then we mm-hmm. also paid the woman, and we paid them everything they was sponsored. And that's always gonna be a talking point for me because a lot of promoters will. Give you a portion of what you're sponsored. They'll sponsor you for like a hundred or hundreds of dollars and your rate will be like 75 or something like that. And you just get the 75.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, No. It was a hundred dollars to sponsor a wrestler and there was multiple women with multiple sponsored and they got that regardless of what their rate was. And we was able to give them that. So I'm always going to use that as a talk-ahead. People going to get tired of hearing me say that, but no. Right. We gave the wrestlers, their are sponsored. Mm-hmm.
1: That's it. Yeah. You paid us what we were worth.
2: And that's what a bunch of people, raise your prices, please.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, wanna, I don't want you to
2: tell me that next year. You better tell me. Because... <laughs> yeah. I I, I I don't like how independent wrestling works sometimes from what I've seen from my vantage point. So that's one thing that I said to Tay. And Tay was like, well, I don't know if we can. I was like, well, we are. <laughs> and we were able to. Mm-hmm. I told a couple friends, I have about seven women that aren't sponsored. And by the end of the week, they were sponsored. I told Kiki, just telling Kiki, she was like, well, now you got six. I like, okay. <laughs> I go to my friends I was like, yeah, I got about six women left. All right, let me make some phone calls. Right. Yeah. So, you think, it's, and I'm not even putting it on me, just the the, the love that we received that year. Last year, I should say, last year, the love that we received just because it was a Black woman wrestling show. I, I'm never going to forget that. Like, there were moments I was on the phone with my friends saying, yeah, someone wants to sponsor the show. And I'm like crying tears, like, oh, still? <laughs> like, that meant everything to me that I was able to
1: just make that happen. Yes. All I gotta say is BGM three Madison Square Garden. Let's do it.
2: The <laughs> garden costs too much. The garden costs too I, much. Hey, hey, that might hey. be BGM twenty three. It
1: can happen. It can At happen. BGM twenty
2: three. The garden.
1: It can happen. BGM ten.
2: It's gonna take some years. Listen, Manhattan Center. We're <laughs> yeah. breaking Manhattan Center.
1: <laughs> BGM ten. Madison Square Garden. It, Listen, it's gonna, it's gonna be a thing. It's gonna happen. Listen, I feel it. I feel it.
2: I I I enjoyed every. I hated it. <laughs> I hated every part of it, but I enjoyed every part of it. Mm-hmm. Cause like I'm a type of person where I was like, oh, this is stressful. I hate it. But then I yeah, was like, wow, look, that was so much fun. And everybody looks at me like I'm lying. <laughs> like, I heard you screaming. I was like, oh, but it's, it's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is cool. And you're a big part of the change. And that's wonderful. So before I let you go, I do have to ask you, how do you feel about the state of wrestling now? And what can, what's great about it and what can be improved upon it? So state
2: wrestling now is a mess. It's so much great things happening, but it's so much of... It's so much of everything. It's so much good. It's so much bad. It's, like, it's so much of everything. It's a mess, but this is not the first time it's been a mess. Mm-hmm. What I love now is the diversity. Not just the Black, everybody, but mainly the Black. <laughs> I, I love... Like, my niece likes Bianca Belair because she has a long braid and she likes long hair. She likes Bianca Belair. And one time she was watching a match and it was just like watching her watch this match made me cry because as much as I love Jacqueline, my representation of Black women on the television was Jacqueline bouncing her booty like a basketball. hmm Again, we should have been watching that as kids. But it was a lot of Jacqueline showing her tops and her butt, but beating people up. And to see my niece have someone like Bianca Belair and love her and say, I want her to come to my house and want to wear a long braid, it's just like, that's amazing. My nephews have wrestlers to look up. The fact that Stan's a wrestler and my nephew watch wrestling, my nephew say things like, I want Stan to teach me how to wrestle. And I want to see Stan Russell and things like that. So, like, it's just, it's so much of it. And I never knew how close it could be. But now I'm watching all of my friends end up on WWE. I have a friend, Joseph A. Game, who was just on Raw on Monday. And T.I. James, who was often on AEW. Like, I have a lot of friends and people that I... Brother Greatness was on... (laughs) He was on dynamite
1: yes
2: <laughs> so like i i i see all of the great no pun intended i see all of the greatness within all of my friends reaching the top so like the bad doesn't hit as hard as it would have if i was just a wrestling fan because i see my friends living their dreams
0: mm-hmm.
2: so like i love this state of wrestling for what it is and what it could do for the people that I met through wrestling. I see a lot of podcasters, a lot of us making deals and and, and getting hired and and being in these places and these spaces that they never thought they could be. So as a fan, it's a mess. (laughs) But being a part of it, it's like, it's really beautiful to see. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with that. You know, wrestling does have its ups and downs, but I can definitely agree with you in the idea that all the people that you meet in wrestling, it's like you're seeing them thrive in a way that you never really thought you could see otherwise. And you're just kind of like, whoa, like I know that person. I'm watching them pop off in a way that, that I know that they are working for. And Stephanie it's like, Stephanie Hardy interviewed Trish
2: Stratus and Mickey James. Don't make Right?
1: Don't make me cry. I'm
2: Please. not trying to make you cry, but it's like, you yourself, right? You would have never thought this. You would have never dreamed that this could happen, and it's happening. And it's happening for so many around us. I'm just waiting for Kiki to be on a scrum talking about, hey, y'all. <laughs> Katrina interviews great people all of the time. Just everybody on Women's Wrestling Talk.
0: Mm-hmm. which you
2: guys do? Um, those wrestling girls at this point, WWE needs to give them a contract because they always on these media scrums and all these shows That's that
1: they, doing. <laughs> they do. Prime Waters,
2: Kyle from Black Wrestling. You know, like all of this amazing things that are happening to so many people. That's like just literally arms distance for me. Right, and it's like what I said earlier I don't care if people don't like me, I love my friends, look at them, they're amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. all of the people around me is doing amazing things within wrestling, so I can't ever complain about wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing to watch so many people that you love and people that you've met, you know, that are closer to you, of course, you know, geographically, but in my heart, you know, they're closer to me (laughs) and stuff and just watching them do stuff all the time. It makes me want to do more and go harder and stuff. And even, and even, you know, discussions like this makes me feel like I am doing better than I think I am. It's, it's a struggle, okay? It's a struggle. I but, understand. You know. you,
2: do you have imposter syndrome like me?
1: I do. <laughs> we have a lot in common. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I, like I said,
2: if you look back on any of the clips from that panel, I'm just like, hmm, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And then when I talk, I'm like,
1: yes. So, <laughs> but I'm, I'm like getting you're better. Right? <laughs> Yes, I'm getting better, though. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I,
2: I don't know if I'm getting
1: <laughs> It's a process. It's a process.
2: But when it's not me, I'm like, yeah, you deserve this. You're doing, yes, you're amazing. You're working. But it's me. I'm like, don't say nice things to me, please. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, my God. That's me. That's really me. I'm like, everybody's biggest cheerleader. Everybody.
2: Everybody kept saying like, "Yo, hearts did it." Like when micro Matchup happened, I was like, "Please stop saying nice things to me."
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, I just learned. I just learned to just say thank you, and then I'm trying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like,
2: it's like weird. I'm like, "Oh, thanks, guys."
1: <laughs> I just say thank you.
2: <laughs> but if you say something mean to me, I know how to handle that very well. But say something nice to me, you trip me up.
1: Oh man, you want to <laughs> shut me down? So you're doing amazing work. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, my God. It's hard. But that's but that's where the work comes in. You know, there's, there's the inner work that we have to do in order to feel that love for ourselves, you know. So we just have to work on it. Um, but everything that you're working on, you know, is always a good thing. I'm proud to know you. I'm proud that you're a part of, you know, my wrestling community at this point of my life. And I'm I love everything you do, and I love who you are to me. So I'm really happy that we were able to make this happen. I'm so happy you were able to come on my show finally. Um,
2: years in the making.
1: <laughs> seriously, years in the making. Like, oh my God, everything's crazy. But I'm so happy that we were able to talk and have this conversation. So thank you so much for coming on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And if you don't mind just telling everybody where they can find and follow you and what you've got going on on the horizon. Thank you for having me. So um, I am one
2: half of Tucker Champions. We're on a hiatus because Stan is getting more into wrestling. Right. So now the ball is in my court whether I want to like continue and I'm like what? Without you? <laughs> so now I gotta like get over that codependency code but You can follow Talk of Champions on Facebook. You can follow the page. You can join the group. The group is always active. Mm -hmm. It's Talk of Champions on Instagram, and it's Talk of Champs on Twitter because, of course, for whatever reason, that is a popular name, and we couldn't get Talk of Champions. You can follow me at Harts, H-A-R-T-S, on Twitter and Instagram. Not on Instagram unless it's to promote or post pictures of what I've done that year. But I talk a lot on Instagram. Again, Facebook. If you join the Talk of Champions group, you have access to me there. And on the horizon, I'm just supporting Stan. He's gonna. If you follow Talk of Champions, you know the running gag of us always doing a show that Savio Vega was on. So Stan's getting ready to wrestle at a show that Savio Vega is on.
0: Oh, and cool!
2: That's gonna be hilarious for us. Oh. So that's coming up on the horizon for Stan. And you can just follow me. I'm always saying stuff.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, we do support Stan on this show as well. Stan is fantastic. He's a great wrestler on the Up and Coming. And his gimmick is hilarious, too. Him singing is just the best. <laughs>
2: that's not his gimmick. That's his real life.
1: For I know that's his podcast. real life. I'm just saying, like, it's the greatest. He's some music. I just, I just love it because it's so funny. Like, I'll never forget being at Jobber Slam and watching him get eliminated. And he was like, ah, 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 and then he's singing and he's going over the top rope. It was so funny, but it, I just loved it. And I can't wait to see more of what he has going on. And maybe one day we'll have him on. Like, seriously. Listen,
2: but, the yeah. truth b He he will fit you in.
1: <laughs> yes yes and I will fit him in but of course you know you can follow me your girl Stephanie Hardy on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Step Hardy and you can listen to this episode on YouTube on the Hardy Wrestling Podcast channel like share and subscribe to that channel and you will find this interview here on tomorrow but then the audio version will be up on tonight so be on the lookout for that and also listen to my interview that I had with c yesterday and then Friday be on the lookout for my live interview with Ray and Brianna from TikTok I'm so excited so yeah it's the season of interviews for the Hardy Wrestling Podcast I'm talking to people more now and it's great and I'm happy about that so of course this has been the Hardy Wrestling Podcast with your girl Stephanie and Hearts and until next time bye y'all <laughs>